Well, good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, where even when I'm on the road, praise God, I want to be sure to bring you a good message that will build your faith and strengthen your walk with the Lord. And so today I actually greet you from the island here in Northeast England that's known as the Holy Island of Lindisfarne. And we have been here, uh, Pastor Kelly and I, for a couple of days just praying, seeking the Lord after we finished very powerful meetings in London, England. And I tell you, the Holy Spirit really moved in those meetings. The people are very, very hungry for God. They were very receptive of the Word and the Spirit. And because of that powerful combination, there were some very strong manifestations of the Spirit in the services. Praise God. I tell you, it was beautiful what Jesus did, and we give him all of the glory and the praise. But today, I am so glad that you are here with me. We are just a few days out from the Feast of Tabernacles, and I tell you what, I can sense the joy of the Lord, and I know that God is going to do some amazing things in your life, so I want you to get ready for it, and today I'm going to teach along the lines of hope, the supernatural element of hope, and this is something I believe that will bring joy to your life, and I think also will help you unlock some areas of creativity that perhaps have been stifled or shut down a little bit. Let's open up the channels today all the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, we ask that your spirit would bring wisdom, revelation to the eyes of our understanding so that we can see your word, take it as our own, and thus enjoy the wonderful fruit that it produces in our life. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name, and together we say amen. Praise the Lord. And by the way, I'm looking forward to getting back before Sunday and bringing you a very special message for Feast of Tabernacles Sunday. That is the day upon we which we bring in our special Field of Dreams seed, and you're sowing your best seed into the Feast of Tabernacles unto the Lord, and I'm believing with you for mighty, mighty miracles. Speaking of miracles, there's something that we need to do also to work with the Holy Spirit, and let's move along the lines of this today. I want to teach from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's go down to, excuse me, uh, while that's a great chapter, let's move one forward. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Sometimes people say 13 is not a good number. I had a minister uh, one time, he told me his address was 13 something or another, and he said, oh, uh, Pastor Stephen, I don't like my address. I don't like the number 13. And I told him, well, that's a good number. It has many uh, good meanings in the Bible, but especially look at this. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. How about a double 13 blessing? <laughs> I know at most hotels, the floor goes, you know, from one and up. Then you get the 12th floor and the next floor up is never 13, it's number 14. But I'm seeing some good things with the 13s here. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And now abide, or now remain, faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. 
Now, I actually heard a preacher one time, I know this might seem kind of strange, and he was a good man, but I think maybe putting a little too much emphasis on something and not spreading around the more balanced emphasis of, of how the Holy Spirit works. And he said that even though this verse says that the greatest of these is love, he said, that's not true. He said, the greatest is faith. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's going to be an interesting conversation one day in heaven with the Holy Spirit, because I can read just like you can, and it says out of these three, and they are the great ones, which are faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is what? It's not faith, it's love. And you can verify that because your faith, Paul the Apostle said, will not even work without love. So uh, uh, you may say faith is the greatest, and I understand why it is in the top three, no question about it, but it's not greater than love because faith works by love. So if your love walk is out of line, your faith, your faith is not going to be able to manifest the things that you're believing God for. So what's the greatest one? It's love, okay? So we have faith, and then we have uh, hope and love. So I'm happy to see that love is number one, and I think for most of you, you're doing good in that area. I sense that in my heart. You love God. You love people. It's not like you have a, a bad spirit or, you know, a mean streak or something like that. I, I really think you have a good grasp even on what we would call agape love, which is a life of surrender where you put others first and you put God first and you have that agape love in your heart going strong. And yes, you want to have strong faith. But let me say this also. While faith will not work without love, this is important. Faith also will not work without hope. And I think sometimes that people have belittled hope, and it's actually one of the top three. Faith, hope, love. Wow, praise the Lord. So let's talk along the lines today of hope, because hope is, in its simplest definition, it's an expectation. But it is an expectation that's stirred up and fired up by the Holy Spirit because many people have various natural expectations. But when your expectations are word-based, word-driven, and you know, spirit-created, then you are looking at expectations, are you ready for this, that are going to come to pass. Woo! Praise God. Mm -mm. Now, Here's something I want you to consider. Hope, which is an expectation. Hope always focuses on the future. There's something out in front of you that you're focusing on. By, by the way, if you already have it, why would you have to have an expectation for it, right? <laughs> if, if I already have a cup of hot tea, which I do, why would, be, why would I have a longing, deep expect, expectation and hoping for a tea? No, I've already got it. You don't hope for something that you already have. That's why hope is out in front of you, okay? So hope focuses on the future, but faith is what brings it into the present. Praise the Lord. But you have to have things out in front of you that have fired your imagination, uh, that have lit you on fire on the inside. In other words, it's something that attracts you that then you use your faith to pull in. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, hope focuses on the future. Faith brings it into the present. Now, you really want to keep hope 
this expectation alive. And what some people do, uh, and I'm talking about Christians, is they lose that expectation because of perhaps very real circumstances that would convey to them that the situation is what? That the situation is hopeless. How many times have we heard that? Maybe the doctor said, it's hopeless. Just learn to live with it. Maybe we'll give you some pills or some high-powered drugs to help you bear it, but you, uh, you're in a hopeless condition. Maybe you've looked at your finances, and, uh, and then you look at how much money you earn throughout the year, and the enemy says, it's hopeless. You'll never get out of debt, and even, even if you do, the enemy says, well, according to the numbers and the way this is going to play out uh, on the uh, uh, numeric playbook, you've got 30 more years of paying that down. That doesn't have to be the case. Those are situations that the enemy would brand as being hopeless. But thank God that Jesus said with God, all things are possible. Wow, and that gets your hope back on track back on track. Praise the Lord. So we don't want to sit around and say, well, the reason it's not working is because there's a recession. No, or the reason uh, it's not working is just because maybe it's the weather's not good and it's affecting people and they're staying home. No, let's not make uh, reasons which many times are excuses for why God can't bless us right where we're at. Praise the Lord. So you really need to keep your hope alive that what God has promised you can come to pass. Are you ready for this? At any moment. It could happen today. Maybe you have been in hope and in expectation at the same time exercising your faith for something for two or three or five years. Maybe the doctor said that you're barren and you can't have a child. How many great women in the Bible did we see that had the same diagnosis yet, yet all produced a miracle child? Woo, praise the Lord. And those children were destined for a great future and a great impact. So whatever your spiritual birthright is, whatever your inheritance is, even though it may look out of reach, it's never hopeless with God. And God wants you to have a high-level faith because not only can it happen, it could actually happen today. You could get the phone call today. You could get the email today. You could get that connection or that open door today. Mm -mm. And that's the amazing thing about God. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Praise God. So keep your expectation up because that is what hope is. It is a supernatural expectation. And you wake up every day saying, it's going to happen. God's doing it in my life. This thing is coming to pass. And today, today, I'm expecting a, another blessing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. So expectation creates excitement. Now, let me say this, and this is also something that some of you need to um, take a look at. While there is an excitement about the future, say like growth in your business, say you have your own business, but it's not where it needs to be yet. And you know that, and you're wanting uh, to have greater sales, and you're wanting to have uh, a further reach with your business. And perhaps you're excited about the future, but you still need to be excited where you're at. You need to show up to work 
happy. Let me go further. You need to show up to work excited. Praise the Lord. And, and somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, that's easy for you to say because you know, you have an international ministry, you, you're on TV in over 200 nations, uh, you travel the world, and so you're, you're excited about where you're at. But look, I was excited when I went to speak in churches that had 15 people, <laughs> and I went through all of that. You know, I, I was excited when I went to little home uh, Bible studies or went to a jail or to a prison, and I taught uh, maybe just a few people. But, you know, I was excited. I was into what God called me to be into. And you need to have that. Don't resent uh, maybe what would be considered small right now. You need to enjoy the right now. You need to also embrace the right, the right now. You need to show up at your, at your job, not just like right at the clock, you know, just barely making it. You need to be there at least 10 minutes early. Why? Because you love your work. And that reflection and that attitude creates new doors and new possibilities, not only if it's your own business, because people see that you love what you're doing and they see that you're happy today, and that's like an invisible magnet, but also it allows others, let's say that you work at a corporation, it allows those to see uh, that are above you that, hey, this person could be a long-term fit here. Uh, we might need to uh, move this person up into management. We might, we might need to put this person on the board of directors. It seems they have a real heart, a real passion for the same vision that we do. Woo, praise the Lord. So don't get happy when you finally get there, because you may never get there uh, if you're there and you're not really into it. No, my friends, be excited about where you're at right now, as well as the future that you have seen by the Spirit, by the Word of God. Yes, that certainly creates an excitement, and you keep moving in that direction. But the thing is, you must be moving every single day towards that direction. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, without hope, faith can't work. It'll absolutely short-circuit it because you have to have that expectancy that is synergizing with your strong faith. And again, that hope is an expectation that what you're believing God to do can happen at any moment. Who knows? Maybe by the time this message is complete, you might get that email you've been waiting on for the last three months Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to prophesy, but I am saying with God, all things are possible. Today could be your day. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, what if it's not? You wake up the next morning happy. You wake up the next morning and you get out of bed excited and you lift up your hands and say, it's happening. God's going to do it and I'll see it come to pass. And today, it could happen today. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So appreciate the place of hope in the process of receiving your miracle. I, I do think that the church in some ways has belittled hope. Uh, we know how strong love is and how universal that is, and we know how essential faith is, but I think sometimes we have not properly put hope in its high place. So today, let's appreciate hope uh, what it does in our lives, essentially as we are coming into Feast of Tabernacles, which is always uh, uh, associated with joy. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, the joy of the Lord is your what? Is your strength. And that 
statement was made during the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and the people of God were told, hey, look, we know your life is still not quite where it needs to be. God's working. God's merciful. But you know what? The Feast of Tabernacles is here and uh, God loves you. So let's be happy. Let's enjoy ourselves in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's time. Look, it's time to put the smile on. Glory to God. Amen. And get excited about your future because God is working in a great great way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look, anytime you see a Christian who goes around and says, you know what, it's just not working for me. And you can even tell by their, uh, their composure and the way they present themselves, what's going on. They have given up hope. But you know what? You can turn it right around and you can get right back on track and get back in the flow. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. We're going to drop down to verse 14. And I want to share this today because I've noticed that something about hope is very much connected to what we see. Now, yes, it can be what we see physically with our eyes. Uh, and that translates further to meditating on that and getting to a point where we say, yes, God, God could do it for me, especially when you see how God has done it for others. And by the way, many of you know that uh, some of the things that God has called me to do are along the lines of what I would call like deeper type walk or what we would say, uh, what many of the saints of old walked in. That's why God has opened many doors. And that's why I find myself in places like this today, which is an island. I mean, you could only get here during two opportunities during the day, because once the tide comes in, uh, this island is cut off from the mainland. Uh, there's, there's the, um, the, uh, the sea out there, the North Sea, and uh, you can't get to it. So right now, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> Don't want to go anywhere, praise the Lord. But, you know, God uh, allows me to see things that I can incorporate and bake into future design, future landscaping ideas. You know, when we have the 14.5 acres and, you know, we're building a, a beautiful outdoor uh, prayer altar. And so when I see many of these things at monasteries that are 1,600 years old, that are 1,000 years old, it's very, very exciting. There's a building, an old uh, a church, just uh, a few yards from where I'm at right now, that's uh, over 900 years old, almost 900. It's built in the year 1150. So, um, but you know, when I see things like that and how they did their architecture, how they did their walls around the monasteries, how the buildings are built, the different designs with stone construction. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, I like that. What's that doing? That's building hope in me. Hey, we could do something like that. So me and uh, Pastor Kelly, we're snapping photos and uh, uh, we're not like tourists. We're like, we're devouring ideas. We are stirring things up. Praise the Lord. We're, we're more like pilgrims. <laughs> By the way, most people who come here are. They're, um, yes, it's a huge tourist spot in a sense. But uh, and you have about 400,000 people a year come here. But uh, it's more of a uh, pilgrimage. As a matter of fact, there's a causeway that leads from the main, mainland of England out here to the island. Usually it's underwater, except 
for just a few times during the day, and you could walk across it. And there are poles that are stationed ac across the causeway. That Those poles were put there. It's the same path that the monks and the early pilgrims walked. Uh, it was about 1,500 years ago when they would come to the island, and then when they would leave the island to go back to the mainland to preach the gospel, that would be the route that they took. But all of those things, what see you? Let me say it like this: You know what inspires you? You know the things that you like, and you think, "Oh, uh, I could take that and I could merge that into my life." What's going on? Hope, expectancy that what that one day you'll be able to do it. Woo! And I'm telling you today, you will. Mm -mm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, uh, let's go to verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot has separated from him, lift your eyes now. Okay, lift your eyes. We're talking about seeing. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Praise God. Well, if by inheritance is based upon what I see. I want to see. Uh, somebody put me on the highest hill. <laughs> I want to be able to see just as far as I can. Now, faith also delivers based upon what you know as your inheritance uh, uh, consists of. But hope, hope is connected to what you see. And when you see it, what happens? You realize you can have it. Praise God. Now, sometimes you see it physically with your physical eyes. Other times you see it spiritually in the sense that you go into the Word of God, and as you're reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit quickens the Scripture, and you know that that thing is yours. What happened? You just saw a portion of your inheritance. And what, what does that mean? It means when you see it, you can receive it. When you see it, then you can now put your faith online and you can take it. Woo, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So these are things that the Lord wants us to understand along the lines of hope. You know, one of the most powerful visions I ever had was when I fell into a trance and the Holy Spirit took me to heaven. And uh, it was incredible. I saw uh, many different, uh, I was actually taken to the throne room of God, where God's throne is at. I'm talking about the Father God, Almighty Jehovah. He was sitting on the throne, uh, and he was covered with like a glistening mist. And I saw the armrest of the throne way, way up high. And um, I was just beholding this phenomenal spectacle of the Father on the throne. And I saw these lights uh, they were colors. They were like ribbons, ribbons of living light. And the color was like orange, uh, like a soft orange. And these colors would swirl all around. They were going through my legs, over my shoulders, and they would loop back down and kind of like play and swirl around my legs. And they, they were releasing energy and they, they were making me laugh. <laughs> and then two of the biggest hands you have ever seen came out of that cloud and picked me up and pulled me into that cloud. And I sat on the lap of Almighty God. God actually took me and uh, with his mighty hand, pulled me close to his chest. And uh, uh, this is a little bit, how can I say, 
uh, maybe hard to understand, but this is the way it was. God had like on a robe, and I'm not saying he wears like a robe, like we have like a bathrobe or something like that, but it's like he had a robe and it was so thick and it was, it, it's like it was made of light, but it was also had physical qualities to it. And he pulled me towards his chest. And when he did that, everything that had ever, now this was amazing. Everything that ever happened to my life that was like a real letdown, that was like a major disappointment, that was like a hopeless type event, all of that flashed before my eyes. I mean, some of the events that when I was a child that happened that were like borderline traumatic, where it really like kind of knocked the wind out of me and disappointed me. I saw all of that pass before me and God sucked all of that stuff out of me. <laughs> and then he shit. Then he said the most earth-shattering words. He said three words. He said, I love you. Now, I had been on the planet, you know, for uh, quite some time, you know, like, uh, I can't remember how old I was at the exact moment when that happened. You know, I was, I was probably about like 33 or something like that. But when, when God, uh, I think I was closer to 31, but when the father said that, uh, you have to understand my natural father never told me that. And he came from a, an older generation that was more rugged, more ultra-conservative, and you just didn't, as a man in that uh, previous culture, you, you didn't really express your emotions. And I'm not saying that's right, because we definitely need to tell, tell our children we love them. But I actually had never heard that from my father ever uttered before, my natural father. But when God the Father spoke that to me, it caused such an ecstatic joy... <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, uh, it did something in me that so stabilized me that it was an unforgettable experience. Praise God. And so God picked me up from off his, um, off his lap and sat me back outside of that cloud of glory, that throne room area, and sat me like about uh, maybe like 15. It was still real close. I'm talking like only 12 or 15 feet from the throne. And I still stood there looking now at this phenomenal sight of this fun, huge throne and the light and the glory and uh, and then the Holy Spirit. Uh, I could t I could I just knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. He said, "Get on your knees," and I got down on my knees. And when I did that, uh, one hand, the hand of God. Of course, God has two hands. We're made in His image. One hand came out and it was closed, like this. And God brought his hand out, and he, uh, and he slowly opened it. And when he opened it, there was a diamond uh, necklace. And the whole necklace was made of diamonds. And at the center diamond, there was a blue marquee diamond. And God the Father said, I am so pleased with your hope. Hope is divine expectation that what I have promised you. Please, now, please be careful with that. You have a lot of Christians that are going after things God never promised them. And you have to really get um, targeted only on what God tells you to target. Okay, so the Father said to me, I am very pleased with your hope. Hope is divine expectancy that what I have promised you can come to pass at any moment. And he took that necklace and it was, it was like, placed around me and I wore it and it had a blue 
like sapphire colored uh, diamond uh, in the center that was like a marquee shaped and it was it looked like it was on fire and i i just began to lift my hands and worship god almighty and the next thing i knew i was back in my room at the house <laughs> it was one of the most epic events in my life praise god glory to god but my friends i want you to know that god wants you to have that that hope that's what real bible hope is is expectancy that that precious thing that god has promised you it could literally happen today Mm -mm. Praise God. Now lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching. As I speak to them, your word from the holy island of uh, Lindisfarne, I thank you, Father God, your anointing is touching them now. There are some that thought, well, I guess God's not going to do it. But Father, you are. And I pray that they pick back up the mantle of hope today and they continue to wear it. And they're going to see that you are not a God who disappoints, but you are a God that with you all things are possible and you're going to do it. You're going to do it. So Father, we thank you. I speak blessing over your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Stick with me just a little bit longer and I'll take you on a little walk around, okay, that I filmed a little bit earlier today. And uh, you'll have to excuse the wind. The sound of the wind was uh, pretty strong and I didn't have pro equipment with me, just an iPhone. <laughs> Praise God. But first, we're going to receive communion. But also, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, you know Jesus loves you. If you call upon him right now, he'll save you from your sins. You can go to heaven and you can have, you can have God in your life. Come on, make your peace with God right now. And if you used to be a Christian, but you fell away, perhaps you got tangled up in sin, come on back. Let Jesus make everything right, right now. Okay. Together, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Wash me with your precious blood. Cleanse me from all sin. Jesus, save me now. Write my name in your book of life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Now step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Woo, praise God. There's no greater book. There's no greater book. You know, uh, Ireland has um, the book of Kells, and here in England they have the Lindisfarne Gospels, which was the Gospel of John with beautiful, beautiful writing. It's probably the most sacred book in all of English literature, and it literally came from this island. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing things that God does. But the most important book is the book of life. Long as you're in that, my friend, you're good to go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take Holy Communion. I want to encourage you at this time to... Um, grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. And I've uh, spoken with you before about these little travel communion cups. Praise God. These are really good to have. And uh, Pastor Kelly always packs an abundance of these so that we are ready as we're out on the road. Praise God. So let me see if I can get this out of here. Okay. So let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. And as we take communion together, we thank you that we are one in Christ. Father, we thank you for the flesh of Jesus, and as we receive it, we thank you for the spirit of revelation flowing in their minds 
And we thank you, Father God, for hope that we can wear it as a garment. We can wear it as something sacred and beautiful. And from this day forward, Lord, we're never going to take it off. If there's anybody who's taking it off, we're never going to allow it to be taken off again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Father, as we receive the cleansing blood, we thank you that we belong to you. Hallelujah. We thank you that one day we'll all be in heaven with all of the saints, all of the saints of, of current time and past time. And oh, it's going to be good. All, all of the Old Testament church, that's, uh, we're all going to be together, praise God. But Father, we thank you. There's still just one body, even the, the body in, in heaven and the body on earth. We're still just one. It's not like there's two bodies. So we thank you for the communion of the saints. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, let's receive together. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right. Let me uh, take you outside. This was filmed a little bit earlier today. Again, I apologize for the windy conditions. Uh, this is about a seven-minute video. Watch this, and I'll be right back, and I've got another one after that, okay? Okay, so we are on the island of Lindisfarne, which is in northeast England, and I'm standing in front of the statue of St. Aidan. Now, St. Aidan was a spiritual son of St. Columba, and as many of you have heard my testimony and the mantle of Columba, how the Lord gave me a supernatural encounter, uh, and I've talked about that often with mantles, but what many people don't know is that when the king of this area, at that time it was called Northumbria, and he was named King Oswald, and he heard about what was going on in Iona, and because he was a Christian king, he wanted his area to be evangelized. So uh, he contacted Iona, which is not too far in Scotland. By the way, we're only about 12, 15 miles away from the Scottish border. But uh, the king wanted his own minister to come over here and evangelize his people. So he contacted Iona, and they decided to send somebody over. They sent a minister over, and he stayed for some months, but it just did not work out good. He was very hard, very stern, and the people did not connect with him. So this man went back to Iona and basically said these English people are impossible to work with, and uh, it just didn't work out good. But Aiden, who was on the island of Iona, said, you know what, you were too hard on the people. You've got to learn to meet people where they're at and talk to them like a normal type person would. And so they decided to send Aiden over there. Now, Aiden was the spiritual son of St. Columba. So Aiden comes here to Lindisfarne, and he brings 12 people with him, and it was a tremendous success. He would walk the streets, he would cross, you know, the, uh, the little uh, causeway here and go over to the mainland and just walk around and start meeting people, talking to people, and before you knew it, he had led many people to the Lord. Now, the king actually gave him this island for his monastery.
and he lived his life out here. And, uh, and then later there was another saint named St. Cuthbert who became very, very famous and in many ways put this island on the map. Now there's only about 200 people that live on this island, but uh, every year there's over 400,000 people that come here because it is a holy island. By the way, that's what Lindisfarne means. It's an English, uh, it's an old English word that means holy island. But my friends, it really began with Saint uh, Aidan. And Aidan was a great man of God. When you study the saints throughout history past, you'll find out that when it comes to hardiness and uh, extremism, even asceticism pushed to the edge, it's hard to beat the Irish saints. They were so uh, rough on themselves. St. Cuthbert, for example, uh, he uh, became the abbot over the monastery here, and he would go out to another little island, and he would stand out there in the water up to his neck every night. Now remember, we're on the North Sea. <laughs> it is so cold here, out in the waters especially, and uh, he would stand up there all night and sing the Psalms. Psalm number one, all the way through to Psalm number 150. He'd sing them every night. And he became very famous because a monk stayed up one night watching him to see what he would do. By the way, the bells are tolling, praise God. And I'll let, uh, I'll let us pivot just for a moment to the old church. And let's even do a 360. We'll come on around now to the old uh, priory. Well, one night, one of these monks decided, I'm going to find out what Cuthbert is doing every night. And he uh, got up at midnight, which is when Cuthbert would get up, and he would go out into the water up to his neck. And this monk watched him do that all night long, watched him and heard him sing through all the psalms. And then in the morning, what would happen is that uh, when he came out of the water and would stand on the shore, the otters would run up to him breathe on his feet to help dry his feet and wipe his feet with their fur. And this was a regular occurrence for him. Now, when you think of a saint that's connected with the animals, we always think St. Francis, but really running a uh, very close <laughs> race behind a buck just landed on my lips. <laughs> uh, very close behind St. Francis would be St. Cuthbert because he had some crazy, crazy animal stories. But my friends, what became in many ways a cradle of Christianity for the British people, so much of it began right here. And we have to thank this man right here, St. Aidan. Now he was initially buried here, but they dug him up some years later and they moved his body to a different location in Scotland. But as you can see, there are many grave sites all over this holy island and uh, many great spots to pray. We've been here for a couple of days and the presence of the Lord is very, very strong here. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching right now, a special anointing. Father, what sometimes people call extreme, others call normal. And I think we as a church need to understand how to push a little bit more in areas of prayer, push ourselves a little bit more in areas of personal discipline. Father, we thank you for St. Columba. We thank you for 
St. Aidan and St. Cuthbert, who became very famous on this island. Lord, we thank you that one day we'll meet them all in heaven. But today we can be inspired through their writings and through their books, through their teachings. Father, let your people come into a deeper walk. May they all not only be technically categorized as saints because they were believers, but also move into that understanding of sainthood as being those who live lives of heroic virtue and a deep desire to please you in all possible ways. Father, I thank you that not everybody, of course, is called to live on a monastery, certainly not on a remote island, and certainly not probably standing in freezing waters up to their neck. But in some way, they can have their own monastery in their mind where they are connected to you in their own secret place and their own deep devotional life. Father, we thank you. I speak blessings over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, praise God for St. Aidan, amen, spiritual son of St. Columba. Now, let's uh, take a little uh, look down at the uh, sea here. Walk with me and Pastor Kelly down to the sea. It was amazing how far the tide can go out. And there's a little island called St. Cuthbert Island. And uh, I kept calling him the wrong name in this next little video clip. I would think I was calling him Colbert or something like that. You know, there's not too many... Um, Cuthberts around where we live in North Carolina. Uh, there's some culverts and things like that. So I <laughs> call him the wrong name. Please excuse that. Uh, he's probably one of the most famous uh, saints in England. And I certainly don't want to be getting his name wrong. <laughs> but he's probably watching this from heaven laughing anyhow. Anyhow, St. Cuthbert, the great man of God. This is one of the islands that he would go to pray at. Okay, we're standing in Lindisfarne, the island, which is a tidal island. When the tide comes in, the water really goes high, but when it goes out, it could drop like you wouldn't believe. Anyhow, the island behind me with the cross is called St. Colbert Island. And this is not the island that technically he lived on, but this would be an island that he would go out to at times and pray at. And these waters, my friends, are very, very cold. The next stop up the coast, of course, you go by Scotland, then you're hitting Norway, and then uh, from the North Sea, you'd be into the Arctic Ocean so the waters are very cold. And uh, right behind us, we have a hiking hill uh, that's wonderful to hike on. You go to the top, there's a view up there with an old Coast Guard tower. And uh, back over here would be the monastery. And this is one of the old churches. You can see the steeple over the top, praise the Lord. So uh, earlier today, and that right there, that building is where they keep some of the old lifeboats and the water was almost up to that building today. So you can see how far it's receded. And I'll bring you back over here again. I know the sun's coming out and it makes it kind of difficult to shoot into the sun. But when the tide drops, uh, particularly if you're trying to get to the island, you've only got twice a day, two times a day when you can make it. It all depends on the tide. But uh, this water will drop so much, you can actually walk out to that island sometimes. So just imagine St. Colbert uh, out there uh, praying every night, praying through the Psalms, the water up to here at his neck, and then coming up out, once the tide goes out, he'd begin to walk out in the morning, and the otters would be waiting for him. Praise the Lord. You know, some of the stories with the saints almost seem supernatural but it is a very real life. It is a very real walk, and you can have just as much of God as you want. Praise the Lord.
Okay, so thank you for joining me today. And my friends, I'll be back for the Sunday message. Please uh, get your offering ready. I want to put the giving link up on the screen. This is going to be a spectacular Feast of Tabernacles, October 1st, 2023. Get your dream seed in. Wrap hope and expectation all around it. You're going to see one of the greatest miracles unfold in your life. Praise the Lord. The glory of God upon your life, the wisdom of God, the anointing of God affecting your mind. Oh, you're going to taste victory like you've never tasted it before. Praise the Lord. Now, you can mail in your your special Feast of Tabernacle offering, or if you want to, you can go online. I would like for you to bring it in on Sunday, October 1st, which is the Sunday of Feast of Tabernacles. But if you're mailing it in, you need to, of course, get that in the mail a little bit earlier. And I'm praying over all of the giving. And again, when you sow your seed, stay in expectation. Sometimes people say, well, uh, you know, I sowed a seed one time, Pastor Stephen, and I don't, I, I don't know if anything's ever going to happen. My friends, let there be a daily joyful expectation, and you're going to see a harvest, and, and you need to even be getting ready for it. You need to be preparing for it. Now, Heavenly Father, bless your people. I thank you, Father, that you are moving in their lives, and I thank you, Father, they are wearing a new garment of hope, divine expectation for a miracle blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back again real soon.